Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, we saw more red on the screen for the grain complex today and for those lean hogs. It was, I think, the bright spot came out of that cattle complex today. We're going to look at a, a market that's doing a lot of waiting. It's in the wait mode for our soybeans as we look to weather to our neighbors to the south. We're going to talk about the consumer confidence index. How does that relate back to agriculture? We've got pressure happening on these wheat prices, and we'll find out what was the boost for those cattle. Today, Arlen Suderman joins us with Stonex. So let's talk about this wait mode to start out with, Arlen, that we see the soybeans in. Yeah, this is a critical time for the soybean crop in Brazil. Now, the, because of the weather they've had, they're too wet in the south, too dry in the north. Their planting was spread out more than normal. So it, it's not like the whole crop is hinged on a particular time frame, but it still is a critical time. Think of it in the Midwest if we've been dry and it's early to mid-August and there's rain in the forecast. And so far throughout the summer, the rains have disappointed. We've had some scattered rains, but just not the widespread rains. And now the forecast is calling for more widespread rains. Will they disappoint as they have in the past? If so, could be a short crop. If not, those soybeans could still really respond to that. That's the situation Brazil is in right now. And so... Uh, really going from tonight on forward is when we anticipate those rains coming. Some areas could get as much as four inches over the next 10 days. Others are, will be left high and dry. It's kind of like the Midwest in the summertime when you get scattered pop-up thunderstorms. Some get good rains and 10 miles away you get nothing. And, and you'll see that type of thing in Brazil. And those who get nothing will be posting pictures on social media of how their crops are dying. And those who get good rains will have good crops, but they won't post on social media. So it really comes down to what overall is going to be the total production. And as we look at it, um, we're going to see updated our updated customer survey from Brazil will be January 2nd. We'll have those results then after the new year. We anticipate production estimates to come down, but the bottom line is they've got to come down enough to necessitate higher U.S. exports that would tighten up stocks, justifying higher prices to ration demand. And so far, we don't have any evidence that their crop is small enough to do that. At what point do we start to see some of that evidence come in? Are we waiting until the combines roll? Well, to some extent, and harvest is going to start here really next week. It'd be kind of like the early harvest in the Delta in in August uh, here in the state. So it's not big acreage, but it really gets rolling as we turn into January, and particularly mid-January. So the early harvest results will be poor because it's your most stressed crops that tend to mature the fastest uh, and then get better. So that's kind of the expectation. But I also expect our January customer survey, which is surveying farmers on what they see in the crop, I think that will tell us a lot. Again, we haven't conducted the survey yet, so don't read too much into what I'm saying. I do expect it to go down. The question is by how much. And that I think we need to see a production estimate uh, probably somewhere in the mid-140 million metric ton level. Um, before it really justifies an increase in U.S. exports because production in Argentina is expected to double the 50 million metric tons this year. 
Paraguay and Uruguay also increasing uh, production and exportable supplies, and that will offset a lot of the losses in Brazil. What about the pressure that this wheat complex continues to get? Yeah, two things. First of all, we've had good moisture recently in the plains. There's another system coming through here over the next 10 days expected to bring good rains to much of the winter wheat belt, hard red winter as well as soft red winter wheat belt. The other thing is Russia just sold a bunch of wheat to Egypt, and they just showed they plan on continuing to push the envelope on low prices in order to move wheat. They want to move wheat, and they'll move it at whatever price is necessary. They're talking about a minimum price, but when push comes to shove, they're still going to find a price that moves the wheat, and that's making it tough for the rest of the world to support higher prices. The Consumer Confidence Index, there's some some talk that maybe we're going to see some some boost to the economy. Maybe. What are you hearing? Oh, yeah, the consumers feel a lot better, but you think of what, what affects the consumer. Um, consumer confidence is impacted by what the stock market is doing. We just hit record highs for the Dow Jones Industrial Average this week. Um, other stock indices are hitting record highs as well. What's happening to gasoline? What are they paying for gasoline at the pump? Gasoline prices now are at two-year lows or recently hit two-year lows. And interest rates, those three things. And we've seen a big drop in interest rates over the last couple of months. And as a result, we've seen a resurgence in uh, in the housing industry and uh, in sales of homes, etc. The two stickiest areas of inflation overall have been shelter costs and wages. And that scenario with boosted consumer confidence going to boost both of those. That's why I'm looking for a resurgence of inflation in 2024. And I think that's going to have implications for the commodity market. We can talk more about that after the break. But that may end up being good news for the commodities, even if it's bad news for the inputs that we purchase. I do think it will have an impact on the psychology of the market going forward and how the market manages supply and demand. All right. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to continue that conversation with Arlen Suderman. And we'll also take a look at what we're seeing on the livestock side of the, of the trade. Some nice numbers seen, at least in that cattle complex for today. The question is, is the yo-yo going to continue for them as we get ready to wrap up 2023? More is coming up just around the corner. It's the channel final bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Here's another Channel Chat, where we discuss what's happening in the new Channel Seed brand across the Central Plains region. I'm Joe Gangwish. Matt McGuire is with us from Central Plains Solutions out of Wisner, Nebraska, and he talks about the merger of Fontenelle and Channel moving forward. Yeah, you know, like I said, we, you know, we're big on the crop consulting side and the agronomy side. And I think that going forward, the big reason that Fontenelle and Channel have merged is for the agronomy side of things and having more agronomy professionals you know we're going to be going from one on the legacy fontanelle side to i believe 12 and i think that will be a a huge help to our customers that are looking for that uh, support on the back end when they're raising their crops if you want more information contact matt with central plain solutions out of wisner or any one of your new channel seed professionals across nebraska kansas and colorado for Channel Seed, I'm Joe Gangwish. KRBN. 
Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as our conversation continues this afternoon with Arlen Suderman with Stonex. Kind of talking about your outlook as you look at 2024. What are some other key things that are kind of on that list of yours? Well, it's all related to the macroeconomy. Um, right now, if if production doesn't falter in Brazil, and granted that's still a big if, but if it doesn't falter, we're looking at probably an increase in soybean acres, a cut in corn acres as we go into 2024. But even with that, we're looking at an expansion of U.S. supplies by the end of the 24-25 marketing year. Um, that expansion probably more for corn than for soybeans. Now, that's not to take away from some of the positives we see happening longer term in the way of biofuel consumption. We just got a nice announcement from the White House that will qualify ethanol. Um, to be a feedstock for sustainable aviation fuel. We hope that those rules, when they're written, will support that as well in March. And that those same changes will also support expansion and demand for soy oil and canola oil. So that's a positive longer term. As we look at corn and soybeans, though, um, and uh, assuming normal production in Brazil, that does expand overall um Supply, So that would suggest lower prices, but not necessarily because one of the things that I've seen over the years is the price level at which the market manages supply and demand is heavily driven by the perception of the funds toward the macroeconomy. There is a strong correlation between their view of what inflation is going to be doing in the future and the commodities itself. When they believe inflation is going to be going up in the months and years ahead, they tend to put money into the commodities and they manage supply at a higher price level. And that filters all the way down to the farm gate level. The opposite is also true. As we've seen the last 21 months when they've been worried about recession and thinking that higher interest rates were going to cut throw us into recession, hurting demand for commodities, they were shorting or selling the commodities, building short or sold positions in the commodities. They've been doing that for the last 21 months or so. And I think as we go into 2024, we're going to see market psychology shift back toward away from recession and back toward expectations that inflation is going to rebound. And with that, a desire to own the commodities once again. It doesn't necessarily mean we get a big rally, although it makes rallies easier to come by when you do get a story. Um, but it also decreases the downside risk. doesn't eliminate it, but it decreases it. And so a lot of times a change in, in fund manager expectations lags a little bit when they actually implement it, sometimes by two to three months. But I think as we get into second and third quarter of the year, depending off a lot and, you know, what happens in Brazil and stuff like that and the weather and stuff like that, I do think the overall market psychology is going to shift toward a more favorable one for the commodities. And uh, we'll see the results of that, the fruit of that in the markets. All right. Before we um, wrap us up, I kind of want your thoughts on, on the jump that we've seen in this cattle market and, and the drop again in the hogs. Is it going to be a yo-yo for these heading into the end of the year? Yeah, a lot of this is positioning for the cattle and feed report on Friday, as well as the quarterly hogs and pigs report. Interesting, it comes out after the markets close and ahead of a three-day holiday weekend and ahead of a thinly traded 
market. So when we come back, we may trade it with a bigger move than normal because the algos will be there, but a lot of human traders may not be. Uh, but overall, we're looking at a cattle market now that's trying to put in a bottom, but we need to see where the cattle and feed report comes out. Do we actually start turning the corner again toward tighter supplies? And what happens to middle meat demand, which has been really strong after the holidays? Does that demand sustain itself or does it drop off kind of like the lower cut demand has? And what about Prop 12 on the hog side? We think we've priced it in. We expect the quarterly hogs and pigs data to show the breeding herd at about 6 million head, which would be the lowest that we've been in, what, six or seven years. Um, what will it show about pigs per litter type of thing? But have we contracted the herd enough there as well? And I think that'll help set the tone because slaughter numbers for hogs should also be trending lower as we turn the calendar into January. So both of these markets that are really transitory times right now, let's see the data on Friday. And I think that'll go a long way towards setting the tone if we can set a firmer base underneath of us as we go forward in 2024, particularly if we can get a weaker dollar and a stronger economy, that would be good for the protein sector as well. All right, Arlen, best way for folks to get a hold of you? StoneX.com or over on X, formerly Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that is today's Channel Final Bell being brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's the Channel Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.